Welcome to the Faith Focused Free Thinking Podcast, a ministry of Ozaki Congregational Church in Grafton, Wisconsin. This is our fifth episode, and we're glad you're with us. Hello, I'm Jeff Larson. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Faith Focused Free Thinking Podcast. I have said that this podcast is for anyone who is interested in the discussion of life and faith and God and the world, people inside the church, people outside the church, but I know that that's not everyone. Not everyone is interested in the discussion of these things in the same way, and that's okay. I visited with a guy at our church a number of years ago, and I asked him the question, what does faith mean to you? And he said, nah, I don't know. He says, I just don't think about it. He says, that's why you do what you do. I thought that was a good answer. Not everybody's interested in the discussion or interested in considering these things in the same way. And I think I don't know is a great place to start. I mean, all of us are living under the blanket of mystery, the mystery of life and faith and God and the world, trying to make sense of what it means to be human, to give meaning in the world in the face of our, our mortality and And maybe a great place to start is with our ignorance. These are not matters of certainty. Many of these things are not things that we can know. These are matters of faith. And that's okay. All of us are trying to make sense of the world under the blanket of mystery. But that's a really helpful thing to acknowledge. You may know that faith-focused and free-thinking has been a really positive thing for me, a really important thing for me in my life. I've, I've been here at Ozaki Congregational Church about five and a half years, uh, about five and a half years now, and the first thing that drew me to it, or the first thing that caught my eye, was that phrase, faith-focused and free thinking. And I thought, that's where I'm at. It's just been positive for me in a number of different ways. I say that my whole life, I lived under an umbrella of I've got to believe the right thing, and I've got to get other people to believe it as well. Or to say it another way, I lived under an umbrella of, I've got to make it to heaven, and I've got to bring as many people with me as I can. And that umbrella just affected every interaction that I had with every person. Every conversation was in some way underneath that umbrella. And obviously, to be free from that has been a good thing. To be free from the pressure of Needing to find my own salvation and find the salvation of other people has been a good thing. And I think what it's given me is the freedom to show a genuine interest in people without needing them to see things my way or to believe things my way. I like to ask people that question. What does faith mean to you? But before they answer, I like to tell them two things. I say, before you answer, let me tell you first that I don't ask that question because I have the right answer. I I ask it just because I'm interested in in what you think and and in the way you make sense of the world. And maybe there's something I can learn from you. And maybe we can discuss it and we can learn something from one another. I say, if I had asked you that question 10 years ago, uh, well, I would have asked you not because I really cared what you thought, but because I had the right answer and I needed to give it to you. But... I don't, I don't feel like that anymore. I ask you just because I'm interested. And second, I say, along with my friend, that I don't know is an okay answer. I don't know, maybe that's a great place to start.
So faith, focus, and free thinking has been really positive for me under this blanket of mystery that we all live under. And however interested you are in the discussion, that's okay with me. The question I want to consider today, or the issue I want to talk about today, I feel like it's one I sort of have to wrap my mind around. And it's not one I hear all that often. It's certainly not one I've heard uh, within mainline Protestantism, if you listen to our previous episode. But it is one I hear all the time within evangelicalism. And the question relates to the existence of objective truth. Is truth objective? I'm sure you hear this discussion at some point, like truth is relative. My truth and your truth, it doesn't have to be the same, that kind of thing. Is truth relative or is truth objective? Or is there an objective standard of right and wrong to which we appeal? And uh, I, I feel like, again, I, I hear this discussion all the time in, in uh, evangelicalism or more conservative, exp- conservative expressions of, of Christianity. I hear it all the time from Christian apologists. An apologist is <clears throat> anyone who speaks or writes in defense of something controversial. And so a Christian apologist is someone who speaks or writes in defense of the Christian faith. And uh, one of the guys that I have listened to or followed uh, is a guy named Frank Turek. And he goes around to, to college campuses and he puts on presentations with the evidence for God's existence and the evidence for the truth of Christianity. And, and then he, he engages the audience in a question and answer. And it seems like it regularly happens that uh, somebody will come up to the mic who doesn't believe in God, an atheist, and Frank and them will have a, a little exchange. And then at some point, Frank will say to them, well, if God doesn't exist, then how do you define what is good? Or if God doesn't exist, he'll say a little more provocatively, I, I mean, was, was Hitler objectively wrong to do what he did? And then, of course, the person uh, doesn't want to say that, that no, Hitler wasn't objectively wrong. I mean, we all agree that Hitler was objectively wrong. But to say, well, yes, he was objectively wrong, then Frank will say, well, why? According to who? According to what standard? If there is no God, then in a sense, anybody can do whatever they want. If there is no God, then there's no basis to ground a, an objective sense of right and wrong or an objective sense of morality. And I suppose I, I, I would reasonably agree with Frank on this point. I mean, that is to say, it makes sense to me that objective truth or an objective standard of right and wrong is grounded in the character and nature of God. I mean, that's where it comes from. That's, it makes sense to me. However, I would want to say to Frank, it, it feels like to me that, well, I'm okay with that. The, the minute that I say I know what it is, I know what is right and I know what is wrong, I know objectively, I feel like the only thing I'm doing is uh, I'm doing the same thing that everybody's doing. I mean, we're all following the same process. Theist, atheist, Christian, non-Christian, we're all doing the same thing. We are appealing to some inner sense of what is right and wrong, some inner sense of morality. You can call it the inner witness. You can call it conscience. You can call it the Holy Spirit if you want. But we all have this. Everybody with sort of average moral equipment, you might say, we have to deal with this inner sense of of right and wrong. 
or we appeal to our collective agreement and experience about what is right and wrong. Uh, we have agreed together and we have experienced that certain things are right and certain things are wrong. We all agree that murder and pillaging are wrong. Because at some point, somebody has tried to establish a society where murder and pillaging are right or are okay. And it just doesn't last very long. I mean, if we're going to sustain our species and survive as a species, murder and pillaging cannot be part of it. Now, obviously, there's still people that that murder and pillage today. But generally, as a species, we agree and have experienced that murder and pillaging are objectively wrong. Now, you might say, well, where does that inner sense come from? Where does that inner sense come from? And I would say, well, I mean, you can stamp God on it if you want, but somebody else can just as easily stamp the universe on it, or this is just the product of evolution, and this is just where we've arrived. And, and I don't know that either of those stamps necessarily get us further down the road. I mean, we take these things on faith. Both of those are a matter of faith. We don't really know. And to me, it, again, it makes sense to say that, well, yeah, a, a standard of right and wrong or, or objective truth is grounded in who God is. But I think the minute I say, well, I know what is objectively true and I know what is objectively wrong, apart from my inner sense and apart from our collective agreement and experience, well, I think I'm going beyond. I'm, I think I'm appealing to something that I don't have. I mean, all we have is this inner sense and our collective agreement and experience. And, of course, both those things are subjective. They change over time. They have changed. There are things that we used to consider to be right that we now consider to be objectively wrong. And there's things that we used to consider objectively wrong that we now look at differently. Of course, slavery is a, a great example. We used to think that that was okay, that it was right. And now we would all agree that that slavery is objectively wrong. Or sexual orientation or the definition of marriage. We always looked at it one way, and now we look at it differently. And then, of course, there would be some people that say, well, no, 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 I mean, slavery was always objectively wrong. We've just now realized it. And I think that's the point. Right? This is all we have. Our inner sense, our collective experience, and agreement. Or we have some ancient document that we consider to be divine. But, and then we're back to, well, what is the Bible? And is the Bible God's word? And, of course, we've already considered that. I mean, this is the thing. We, we experience the world through our five senses. And then we interpret our experience through our ability to reason, through our cognition. And then we arrive at what we believe to be true, what we believe to be right, what we believe to be wrong, that which leads us as a species to flourishing and that which moves us away from that which is not positive for us. If we take an example that's, that's less extreme or less heinous than the, than the crimes of Hitler, we might say, well, all of us agree would, that lying is objectively wrong that it is right to tell the truth. And yet, we could all think of an, an example, we could all think of a scenario where the best thing to do would be to lie or to be deceitful. And in that case, 
we would all agree that lying would be the right thing to do. We interpret the circumstances of our life and the situations that, we, that we're in through our ability to reason in a way that hopefully moves us towards flourishing as a species or we might say moves us towards living with greater hope and peace and joy a greater love for ourselves and a greater love for others so does objective truth exist well i would say yes because i believe god exists and it makes sense to me that god is the source of objective truth my niece is a sophomore at a school a Christian school, and their theology class this year, the the overarching question that they're trying to answer is, what is truth? And so at the beginning of the year, they broke into groups and they had to answer that question, come up with a definition to that question. And and her group, their definition was something along the lines of the, the having the correct perspective that corresponds to reality. Something like that. Um, my niece wasn't entirely happy with it she thought well let's just leave the perspective part out of it what is truth it's that which which accurately corresponds to reality and to me i would say this is objective truth that which accurately corresponds to reality and i ground that in god's existence now i take that as a matter of faith and i feel like the best i can do is to represent who i believe god to be while resisting the temptation to say that I know who God is and that I know what God requires and that I know what is right and I know what is wrong. Now, we use our inner sense and we use our collective agreement and experience to determine what is right and wrong and to hopefully move ourselves in a direction that that is positive and to correct that which is wrong, that which we believe to be wrong. But... I leave objective truth and objective reality and objective standard of right and wrong. I leave that to God. God has got that well in hand. And what that does is it frees me. Frees me to show a genuine interest in who people are. And to try and move them towards hope. Without needing to get them to see things correctly. Or to have the right perspective or to believe the right thing. I mean, this is all we have our inner sense, and one another, what we can learn from those who've gone before us, and our trust that God is good. And I think God's okay with that. So, that's it. That's episode five. I hope it's helpful for you. I really appreciate the opportunity to think through these things. I'd love to hear what you think. Shoot me a note. Jeff at occhurch.org. I hope you've uh, had a great beginnings of the new year, and we will see you in February. Thanks so much for joining us. 